Welcome to another rousing edition of Supercast Brothers, now in its fourth season, featuring myself, Jono, him, Zantok, also known as Lister, and our special guest today, it is Zantok's brother, Twilix. Hello Hi, there. Twilix. Oh, man. Hello, hello. You found your way oh, back? Man. Backed by unpopular demand, B. Oh God! Unfortunately, why? so he he found he found his way through the through the mythical forest to join us today for <laughs> a very a very lovely episode. And somewhere along the way, he became a, a magic crone. You became a magic what? Uh, you know, hunchback old woman who wants to give you an apple. Master Matoya, is that you? <laughs> yes, I I believe so. Oh man! You go back a ways, don't you? Yeah, back to Final Fantasy One. Damn, it's been you, a long time. Your crystal light fell out. I went and got it. You put it back in your socket. That was weird. And then you helped me with an elf. I, I do help right. with elf problems. Yeah, the prince needs to wake up. <laughs> <laughs> Well, this uh, is quite the intriguing episode already. I see that I'm the only one showing my beautiful face on camera today. Yeah. But at least you brought some friends. There's a reason for that. Uh, one, you know, Twix's camera has been broken for a couple years now. And then as for me, I'm currently fighting off a real bad cough. So I'll be mm -hmm. muting a lot. And I just kind of felt like you guys don't want to see me hacking my lungs up. So I'm just like... I'm just going to leave the video off for this mm -hmm. episode. That's okay. Uh, I don't want to see it either. Me either. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, it's a, it's a service to the people as well as yourself. So I appreciate that. Uh, get better soon. No one likes to get the lung. It's been three weeks. Soon has long passed us. Damn. Soon in a relative sense. Better. Uh, my sinus infection that I had that was terrible all throughout the previous month, it went away after about four weeks. So you're hopefully on your last leg here. Great. Great. That's <clears throat> fantastic. You know, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to pop a coughing pill right now. That's fair. Yeah, That's fair. let's go do that. Do, do what you got to do. Swish some salt water down, down your, your lovely throat. Uh, I actually yeah. tried that yesterday. Oh, okay. It was disgusting. <laughs> Drink some hot chocolate instead. Ooh, I like that idea. We do have some. Do we still have some? Mm -hmm. I think so. Hmm, interesting. Damn, there you go. Something, some warm liquid to, to soothe your soul. I don't um, like where my mind went immediately after that. <laughs> wow. With all that being said, uh, speaking of golden things, Twilix, how have you been? I, I don't... I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, what do I say to that? You don't. Anyway. You tell well, him um, about I, how they need to add Shademan.exe to Mega Man X Dive. I mean, they probably would out of the boss. But no, I've been surviving and all that. Even with him in the same house as you, that's, uh, that's somehow. So congratulations, we... Thank you for being here. <laughs> um, I guess what the powers that be have allowed me to live another day, and I'm going to make it everyone's problem. <laughs> that is that is very fair. Who who was that? Jeff Prost. 
What? The, the Trillix, Trillix didn't watch Survivor, dude. Oh. <laughs> that, you're missing him with that one. Mm. Whoosh! The, you should have went for the other M reference. No. no. Oh, yeah. The Powers well, That Be, the guy we... that directed Other M. Mm-hmm. Uh, not that we one. Do, we do remember you, Twilix. We remember you that was, once that was, that was a Other M reference. I agree. <laughs> hey, at least Metroid Prime Remastered seems pretty cool. Oh, yeah, it, it's worth 40 bucks. That's for sure. And I have to pick it up sometime soon. Um, as well as Fears of the Kingdom. It's it's gaming season, guys. Uh, I guess without further ado, though, unless there's anything else that we want to discuss at the top of the episode... Mega Man Battle Network Legacy Collection! Woo! Our... Yes. Yeah, that's this month. That is this month. That is correct. In a few days. There's another game coming out this month, too, that caught my eye, and I don't remember... Oh, Advanced Wars. Duh. Maybe. Finally. Maybe. I I ain't believing yes. that game's releasing until it's on the store. You know, that's fair. I'm feeling fairly confident it'll finally re- be released because per uh, current events in and outside of gaming, it seems that some things that should have happened a long time ago are finally happening, so I'm very happy. Like Tears of the Kingdom? Yeah, that. You can put a rock on a stick and beat things up with it. I love putting rocks I am on very, sticks. Me too. I'm very pleased by the combination of the rock and stick and having Link wield it. I like the idea of combining a pitchfork with an extra long stick and just making an absurdly long pitchfork. It's great. That makes me happy. You can the, the best part is you can do that in real life anytime you want. That's true. Yes. <laughs> let's let's give that a go sometime. Yeah, that's just around the bend too. Holy cow, I think just over a month away for that at the time of recording. Um, today's a special episode, at least for Twilix and I. Hello! Oh, are Hello. you two getting married? No. Are you announcing that's your marriage? For the next... no, no, that's for the next Oh episode. my god, you're <laughs> pregnant! What? You know me, I have been for roughly 20 years. That's true. That's, mm-hmm. where, that's where all stare came from. <laughs> Yeah, the gestation period was worth it for him. <laughs> my dog is protesting. Well, oh, I thought that was you making sounds. No, that's my dog! <laughs> <laughs> is that... Okay, that's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, we, Lister and I, before we get into the meat of this podcast... Got married? Have a couple... Yes, we did get married. That was the point of your arrival here a few weeks ago to visit Arizona. Yes. It was a shotgun wedding. No. We didn't tell anybody. It most definitely was. It was a shotgun wedding inside of a uh, board game store. Yes. And uh, the one who validated our marriage, who looked over at Curbwalker, he was called out by the owners of the store for playing Pokemon Go inside of it. He was. Which was pretty fucking funny. It, well, honestly, Yes. And then you said something along, he was like, oh, they called me out. And you're like, the only people that make more fun of nerds than everyone else are other nerds. It's true. And isn't that accurate? Isn't, isn't that the truth? Yeah. That was pretty Also, we I had also... been calling him out the whole week I was there. Because he was playing Pokemon Go everywhere. It's like, dude, really? <laughs> Come on. 
I'm glad it's at least staying relevant with one person within the state. <laughs> it was pretty funny, though. I mean, he, he was finding Pokestops, like, everywhere. That's because they are everywhere. They are. They are. Literally in the in, in the middle of, of a board game shop. Uh, in that arcade store that we went into and that guy was talking to you for, like, 20 oh, minutes. That was unique. Do you think he listens to the show? I'll invite him to. No. Hey, hey dude. <laughs> uh, but all around a good old time. Uh, and with our marriage having been announced, I think it's time for us to get into some Smashtopia showcases. That's right with you. I mean, I guess. I guess, too. I mean, it was only your idea to include these in the episodes. <laughs> because it's either that or we talk about other bullshit for 40 minutes. That's true. We'll undercut it. We'll we'll make the other bullshit portion be just the ten minutes that it was today, and we'll jump right into the first showcase. Shall you go first, or shall I? You usually go first. I do usually go first. Okay, my first showcase today, my dear friend Twilix, is from a series that we both know and love, and will be serving the greater good of this podcast today as well with with its presence. It is Isun from Okami, an item, not an assist trophy. Uh, so, yeah, Amaterasu and Tsubirasu's bug companion, actually a Ponkle, a very minutely sized artiste. He's small. Uh, he, is, he is quite small and rather perverted as well, but we'll get into that later. Yes. Um, <laughs> yes, he, he, he uh, as as an item in Smash, he appears about as small as he does in Okami. So there's no sizing up like Olimar would be around his same size in in his canon game. Uh, but he he appears as a very small, almost like just hopping ant sized item, and he's leaping up and down in place, jumping about two Kirby's or so high at the height of his leap. Uh, so really diminutive all the way around. Uh, you can catch him, though. Press the A button in front of you soon while he's leaping up and down. You can catch him and then throw him at your foes. Uh, throw Isun at your foes, and he'll attach himself to them, uh, slashing at them with Denkamaru, his um, sword brush thing, uh, racking up 1% to 2% damage a second. As he's using this to assail his foe, the, brush, the sword's brush attack will also be at, at play, gradually covering them in ink, that slows them down the more that they're covered in it. Easton can easily be blown around or knocked off. Like, if you run around at a high enough speed, let alone be hit by somebody, he could be knocked off. So it's a fun game of hot potato with, with our little inky boy. And that is the item, Easton. Interesting. Yeah, I thought so. I mean, that, that's uh, probably I, something how I would handle it myself. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'm, curious, yeah. I'm, I'm curious about something, though. Why did mm -hmm. you choose to go for an item uh, for Isun as opposed to making him an assist trophy? I believe, I may be mistaken, it's been a while now, I believe that you issued him, he, you, you said make Isun into a, an assist trophy or an item as one of your commissions, um, one of your requests to me mm -hmm. for Smashtopia. And I decided to go item because it was weird. It was way weirder than doing an assist trophy. I just wanted to see if I could do it. Okay. Yeah, that's about it. Because, like, part of the reason why I ask about it is there is a character, 
uh, character in quotes that I've considered making, but I don't know whether to make them be an item or an assist trophy. I'm just like, what's the better way for me to go for them? Because mm-hmm. they could go really either way. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. So I've done this a few times on the on the wiki. It really just came down to the idea of doing it as a self-made challenge. That was essentially it. Hmm. And hey, and hey, it, in this case, it worked out pretty okay. All right. Yeah. Well, we'll move on to our second showcase. This one, a character of my design. Oh, yeah. Now, this character is one that, uh, Twilix, you actually helped me conceptualize and helped me puzzle out how to make them work. Because they're a character that nice. you know pretty well. From the Boktai series, Django, the oh, Solar yes. Boy. Nice. Uh, Boktai is an interesting series where the Game Boy carts they came on also came with a solar sensor. And it was, in a way, it was an attempt to get kids to play outside with video games. I don't know. But the solar sensor would literally, you know, get the solar light of the sun, and it would make your attack stronger. Mm-hmm. Because in this game, you your weapons are all based off of solar energy, or at least most of the weapons are based off of solar energy. And if you could fill up the battery gauge up for your, the in-game solar sensor, then your shots would do more damage. And if you didn't have any solar energy because, you know, you're playing inside or, like, it's nighttime, then you're doing a lot less damage, which is a pretty interesting concept at the time. Honestly, mm-hmm. now. And, and unfortunately, yeah. it makes it a really hard game to properly emulate or to even consider making a port for now. I mean, I guess they could try and figure it out with the Switch, but I mm-hmm. don't know what they would do solar sensor-wise because the Switch carts are, they don't stick out of the system. Right. Yeah, they're, they're fairly small. It's it, it would be really difficult to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So as far as Django as a character is concerned, uh, his interesting animation, there's going to be an orb of solar energy that will float down onto the stage, and once it hits stage, it's going to flash, vanish, and then Django will be standing there in its place. For Kirby's Kirby hat, it's going to be Django's headband and his goggles, as well as his long signature scarf that trails around his neck. Mm-hmm. For his stunts, because up top he's going to point his Gundel soul forwards and give a bit of a smirk as some wind whips up and causes his scarf to blow wildly in the wind. His downtown will have Otenko, the sunflower spirit guardian thing. Oh, from Undertale. No, will appear next to Django in a flashlight and simply say Otenko before leaving. That's all he does. <laughs> That's, that's borderline all he does in Twilix. You can't deny it. That's all Othenko is good for. You start with that's the awesome. driver. That's all he's good for. <laughs> and then his side time, Jenga will fiddle around with his gun assault and swap between the various frames that he has for it, as well as the lenses, before he finally settles on the configuration he was already using. Because, you know, why mess with perfection? That's what I say. Hmm. Yes. For victory poses, the first one is going to have bright light shine down from above as Django twirls his gundel salt on his hands. Following this, he will point the gundel salt straight up and yell out Tayo, his typical I'm about to wreck your day calling shout. Mm-hmm. For a second victory pose, Django is going to crash down on the stage in his soul Django form, 
which is a, a nice solar-powered up form that he has. The ground is going to crack beneath his feet and break up. And then, you know, with it all destroyed, he's going to return to his normal form, just looking exhausted as all hail. Oh, I believe it. And then finally, his third victory pose, Jingo will ride onto the result screen atop his motorcycle, as though Tinko floats around his shoulder. As Jingo nears the middle of the screen, he'll perform a donut spin and grin madly before stopping and looking at the camera. <laughs> nice. For his, for his actual special moves, uh, his standard special is, of course, the Gun Del Sol. What else could it possibly be? The Jingo's Gun of gonna... Sun. Yes. Jingo will point the gun to Soul forwards as he fires out a curved beam of solar energy from it. Uh, and for anybody that's familiar with the Mega Man Battle Network games, particularly games 4 through 6, then this basically, just imagine the Gun Del Sol uh, battle chip and how it actually looks. It's, mm -hmm. it's, it's literally that. Uh, the beam will stay right. in place, and it does not travel across the stage, so it acts as kind of like a barrier in front of Jingo, but... <clears throat> It's not like in the space immediately in front of like there's there's some empty space and then the space following that is where the curved beam will come in. Uh, it's going to be about you know a Kirby's amount of space in between Django where the energy is so they just have you have that physical that visual. Uh, it's shaped like an arc naturally. It can be directioned uh, all around Django by tilting the control stick so you can move it around, but it will always stay that same amount of distance away from him. Mm -hmm. Additionally, this solar energy field does not deal any knockback. So while it's technically a barrier, it's also not, because it's not going to stop people from getting close to you. It's not going to stop... Uh, I don't I don't think it blocks projectiles. Julix? I don't I don't think it does that in Bopback, correct? Cool. Thank you so much for being an expert on Django. I appreciate it. Awesome. <laughs> but uh, I guess we'll just continue. Uh, for Smash, it's not going to do any knockback, but instead it will just deal constant damage to any fighter that stays in its beam, kind of like Palutena's Heavenly Light, which unfortunately mm -hmm. she no longer has. Maybe she'll get it back instead of the boring reflect counter. <laughs> I hate her moveset in Ultimate. It's so boring. Yeah. Side special is called Soul Prominence. Django is going to channel his Soul Trance technique to temporarily turn into Soul Django, and once this list is complete, he's going to rapidly spin around him. He's going to rapidly spin around into two wide circles, which will carry him forwards uh, momentum-wise. Uh, this move does a decent job of giving Django some horizontal recovery, while also having each circle knock enemies away from Django. Uh, it's kind of an odd visual to keep in mind, but something I would compare it to is Mithra's side special, where she does that weird light speed teleport attack that's kind of odd looking at. Think of it kind of like that, but a lot less wide just going in a straight forwards line. Right. Uh, it's effectively a dash, but looks kind of like a spin. Yeah. Mm -hmm. it, it's more that it's just like for the attack, it's kind of like going into the foreground and background a little bit, making it look a little bit more interesting. But yeah, it, it's basically a dashing attack that he hits twice on. Okay, I gotcha. Peak uh, aesthetic. Yeah, for the up special, Solar Flare. Django's once again going to use his Soul Transfer technique to become Soul Django. Uh, he's going to jump and kick up into the, into the air as flames propel him from below. 
Uh, the jumping kick mm -hmm. doesn't do a good job of giving Django vertical recovery on its own. However, it can be chained under the right conditions. If Django manages to connect with an opponent during the attack, then after damaging them, he will leap backwards off of them, and then you can use Solar Flare a second time, allowing you to get higher up into the air. You can only do this effect once, though, before you need to touch the ground. Down special, Rising Sun. Django's going to toss a small orb of pretty much pure solar energy up above his head. At the height of its toss, which is going to be about a one Mario above Django, the orb will split and burst out into a small sphere of pure solar energy. A miniature sun, if you will. This sun will hang in the air for about 8 seconds and will deal damage and knockback to any opponent that runs into it. The Rising Sun will only dissipate after this time has passed or if Django attempts to reuse the special move as he can only have one Rising Sun on the field at a time. You are muted, sir. Uh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> uh, nice move. Nice move. I would imagine, uh, first and foremost, I like the... Um, execution i would also imagine that this may not be the only time we mention a rising sun in this podcast it very mm -hmm. well may not be that is all for Django's final smash a chain is going to appear in Django's hands with a coffin at the under end of it sitting behind Django. Django will suddenly spin and use the chain to swing the coffin through the air uh which you could kind of Kind of envisioned similar to how the Belmont's Final Smash starts out, where they hit an opponent with a coffin. Uh, but for, for for Django's, again, you know, the mid-spin, the coffin slit is going to open up, and if an opponent is in Django's reach, they'll find themselves slammed inside of the coffin as the Final Smash transitions into a cinematic. The cinematic will then pick up the coffin lying in the middle of a sigil on the ground with four green machines topped with solar panels facing towards it. The coffin is going to shake as the trap fighter tries to escape, but unfortunately for them, uh, they effed. Django will then shout Tayo as he fires on each solar panel with his gun, Del Sol, and causes them to reflect the solar energy back towards the coffin. The trap fighter will scream as the coffin begins to emit smoke before one final massive beam of solar energy is fired from Django's gun, Del Sol, which consumes the coffin in its entirety and destroys it. The screen pretty much flashes to white with the solar energy, just like covering up everything on it uh but then the fight will transition back to the stage and the trap fire gets sent flying with smoke trailing behind them because they've pretty much been burned alive with the power of the sun unleash the power of the sun salute the sun praise the sun the sun the father and the holy spirit yeah. <laughs> so before i can go into the extra skill uh, I need to talk about Django's unique mechanic that he has to him. Because Boktai has a solar gauge, and it just didn't feel right to not try and translate that into Smash. So Django has a little meter down by his... <coughs> down by his demon percent, that's the solar gauge. This will reflect how much solar energy Django currently has stored up, and it will start out at the match at half capacity with every stock. Unlike other gauges, the solar gauge is used to passively power up the strength of Django's four special moves. As long as he has energy left in his solar gauge, his special moves will deal an increased amount of damage and knockback with each attack using up a different amount of solar energy. If Django's solar gauge becomes empty, or if he doesn't have enough left in it for an attack, he will still be able to attack, it's just the damage will be weaker. Yeah, his extra skill. By holding down the extra skill input, 
Jenga will point up his Gundel soul towards the sky and absorb the ambient sunlight into it. Unlike with having to deal with the solar gauge in Bakta, you don't have to worry about being actually outside or playing during the day or even playing on a stage that is outside or during the day. It will still work even on a stage like Dracula's Castle. So don't get to worry about that mm -hmm. nonsense. Okay. But while holding nice. on this, but while holding on the input, the solar gauge does get filled up, and it will continue so as long as you hold down that input. When he's at maximum charge, Jenga will even have a slight glow around his body as he just sounds like that. That solar energy is almost like you know cloaking around him. It's mm -hmm. just aesthetic, though, but it's fun. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, but then you know that that's all for the attacks and whatnot. He's he's got some alternate costumes based on characters from Bakhti like Sabata, Ringo. The Count of Ground Sulking Blug. There's Arid and Lucian from the Bogtai Space game. It's a thing. And I even gave him a costume based off of Mega Man.exe because the two have crossed over a few times. And I said, screw Sweet. it. Why not? And then his home <laughs> segment is Soul City, which eventually I'll actually make. I just haven't done it yet. Nice. I hear you there. <laughs> On the home stages. Uh, that's a Kojima game, isn't it? Yep. It is. That's pretty out of freaking left field for him, and that's saying something. Everything is out there of are left still field for mechanics. him. Also true. Also true. Okay, yeah. nice. On to my next one in this uh, strangely monopolized genreific Okami session. I wonder why there's two Okami submissions being shared. Um, if it's topical to the to the episode or not. Uh, <clears throat> second up for me is Shinsu Shu Field from Okami. Uh, it is the first kind of open landscape Hyrule Field-esque place that you unlock in Okami after exploring Kimiki Village for a while. Um, so I think possibly <laughs> um, the most memorable bark in the game, uh, being the Orochi area. Um, it's kind of the de facto place if you're choosing one area like that. Although Ryoshima Coast is also quite cool. Um, not Catcall Tower? See. Not Catcall Tower. Not this time around. But maybe one day since you requested it. <laughs> so, um, in the, there, there's a few landmarks in Shinju Field, but we're, we're going for the most obvious one. It's set in front of the very large, like, massive cherry blossom tree. Uh, and you can see tinges of its other notable elements as well, like the Moongate in Lake Karami, uh, one of the Onigiri Sensei's dojos, uh, and so on and so forth. But in the center of this battlefield, it's a mid-sized battlefield, um, about the size, a little larger than Battlefield itself, um, in front of the cherry blossom tree, the Sakura tree. So, excuse me for one I'm dealing with the light cough tea from allergies. Um, so the fight takes place in front of the tree, and the area has two modes. Um, Orochi and other demons curse areas that Amaterasu has to purge um, with her celestial powers in, in the, throughout the game. Uh, so Shinshu Field will shift from cursed to blessed, um, affecting its layout and aesthetic. While cursed, a light fog takes over the ground floor of the stage, uh, the, the tree withers and all the flowers are shed. Uh, the area just becomes drenched in darkness. NPCs in the background, like the nameless man or the mailman, 
or Nemery the the bear will freeze into place and they'll be grayed out in a like a black and white cartoon. Uh it's it's very dire. Um and during this time there will be platforms made of cursed cherry blossom tree branches. Um and I made a layout that you can view on the wiki. The orange platforms that I drew out on paper are the cursed platforms and the blue ones are the blessed platforms that appear in its place when it's in its cured form. Uh, let's see. However, this the, the the curse thing is mostly just an aesthetic. It doesn't affect like the way you move on the ground or anything. Uh, it's just uh, pretty much for show to, to show a major key point in in Okami's general play loop. Um, it's just the difference between a really happy place and a really really sad one. Um, and a slight difference difference in stage design where the Platforms are antecedent to each other, depending on which version of the stage you are shifting into every, say, half, probably half minute or minute or so. Uh, that's that. Lots of NPCs, lots of callbacks to the game that are present in Shinshu Field are present here. Uh, anything that's an Okami stage, uh, just very pleasing to look at with, with a lot loaded into it. Uh, bada bing, bada boom. If I recall, I don't think that's even your only Okami stage on the week. I think you also did make Ryoshima Coast a while back. I did, and and I might go back and renovate it to be honest, because I want to make it larger. But yeah, it's, it's it is there. It is it is on the website. Please tell me you have the water dragon in the background somewhere. I believe so. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Maybe one day we should go inside of the water dragon. Uh, what if we rode on top of the dragon Koryuda? We could do that too. It was a nice guy. He'll take us from one part of Japan to the other. Sounds like a good deal. It is a good deal. Especially when you free him from his curse and mystical ninja starring Goemon. Oh my god. Speaking of ninjas... (laughs) <laughs> so nice in a previous season we may have made a move set for a ninja <laughs> we may have made a move set for a cursed character a they character that character. by yeah. by all rights shouldn't exist and whose game really shouldn't get any attention because it's just not good I'm of course <laughs> most naturally talking about the Ninja Breadman. One of the yeah. worst games that you can play. Which is saying something, because mm-hmm. there's a lot of bad games out there. But we made a character out of this guy. Because we said, screw it. Why not have some fun? But why am I talking about this? I mean, we, we already we already made the character on the wiki. So what, what, why is Ninja Breadman on the screen again? Because I decided to do something else with the Ninja Breadman. I decided to give him... An entire event match dedicated to this, in quotes, character. Because let's be honest, not Mm -hmm. really a character. I call this event match Ninja Bread's Revenge. Yes. And I wrote a description that reads like this. The Ninja Bread man is sick and tired of everyone talking about how much his game sucks. It's just not fair. All these other games and characters get praise heaped on them like it's cheap candy. (laughs) 
but nobody will spare even a single gumdrop for the Ninja Bread Man. Mm. That's it. It's time for the Ninja Bread Man to take things into his own hands and get some revenge against these so-called Game of the Year winners. So, <laughs> this event match, your goal is to play with the Ninja Bread Man, and you're going to be fighting against, uh, let's see, it's one, two, three, four, five different characters whose games have all won Game of the Year awards in the past. Uh, specifically, I just looked at, to keep it simple, I just looked at, like, you know, the Game Awards, Game Awards to keep it, you know, not to, because there's a lot of different sites that give out, you know, Game of the Year awards, but I was just like, alright, I'm just going to go with one source to keep it easy. So, mm -hmm. as the Breadman, you'll be taking down Geralt of Rivia, uh, because The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt got Game of the Year. You'll be fighting mm -hmm. against Tracer from Overwatch. Link, or specifically the Wild Link version of him I put on the wiki, to representing Breath of the Wild. And then uh, you'll also be fighting against Kratos for God of War 2018. And then finally, Ellie Williams from The Last of Us. <laughs> All these characters are currently on the wiki, except for Kratos. Uh, he'll get there eventually. Mm -hmm. uh, there have been some yeah. ideas. We, we've talked about like how both of us might want to do him, but it's... It's a lot. He's a muscular guy, very yeah. strong. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe one day. Got, got his issues under control for the most part. Uh, kind of. Kind of. More, more, more than in three. More... I hated his in three. Yeah. Uh huh. So at least he's got that going for him. Yeah. But all right, anyway. that's all our showcases. So mm -hmm. now we can go ahead and uh, move on to the real point of this episode. Our Smash Topia character, Amaterasu of Okami. Oh my god. Oh my lord. We're finally here at this episode. We're finally here. You know, we were supposed to do this character last season. <clears throat> mm -hmm. And then we moved it, and I don't remember why. I, I don't think it was because why. of Twi'leks. It was Twi'leks' fault. <laughs> was it? I'm the yeah, worst. I it, it literally I was. Because we also had Ravenbeak last season. <laughs> we were just like, alright, we know Twi'leks, you know, you got you got your schedule, and you're kind of busy a lot. So we didn't want to book mm -hmm. you twice in one season. So we pushed mm -hmm. Amaterasu to this season. Twi'leks, yeah. you kind of sound like me with that description. Yeah. The me who shoved recording this episode off by several weeks. Whoops. Hey, but now we're here. We get to celebrate a beloved character. Um, and by beloved, I mean by at least two out of the three of us in this call. So hey, it's gonna be hey, 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 now. All right, all right, we gotta put some truth on that. Yes, it's true. You two have played Okami, and I have not. But I at least have watched it be played. Yes, you have. Okay. And cheers to that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> No, no, it's it's O K A M I. That's how you spell Okami. Okay. A M I. It is how you spell Okami. It's even how you spell the sushi brand Okami that you see around Costco sometimes. Ha. Huh. Which isn't that great? It's not it's not a great brand. The game Neither is certainly better. No, but at least this is. Eh. Mamona World, shout out for this excellent t shirt. Featuring two characters who are on the Smash Topia wiki. They are. You hate that I'm right. I know. <laughs> We're just going to move on. Mm -hmm. Hey, Jono. It's Amaterasu yeah. time. 
It is. How is Amaterasu going to enter into the fight? How is Amaterasu going to enter into the fight? <clears throat> uh, in Okami. Um, I'm not going to be referential. Okay, so there is a statue of Amaterasu that is looking up, howling towards the sun, and Amaterasu breaks free of this statue and shakes off the rubble in, you know, wolf-like fashion, ready to fight. Is that Felix, from what's your entrance? Yeah, it's from the beginning of Okami. Th that is the okay. beginning, yes. Okay, mm -hmm. all right, chill. <laughs> Fucking Christ. <laughs> Excuse the fuck out of me for not knowing. It's very, your excuse. Very... <laughs> your excuse, sir. Go back to your room. Hey, he's already there. Good for you. Thank you. <clears throat> so, um, who wants to go next? What's, uh... Well, you already about? said Twilix, so I guess we're gonna have the two of you go first and everything, and then we can see what my dumbass comes up with in response. So, okay. it's funny, because I did the same thing for my entrance animation. Fuck! <laughs> hey, Very nice. it's a go-to. Alright, mm -hmm. well, obviously I didn't do that, so I'm already going to get upvoted, but I do like what I came up with. So Let's I'm going to share it, and y'all can go fuck yourselves. So for my entrance animation, you're going to see the celestial brush on the screen. And it's going to quickly paint a very crude drawing of a wolf. Before that wolf just kind of like takes form, there's a puff of smoke, and then Amaterasu will just bamf in its place. If Amaterasu can draw a circle and create a fucking bomb out of nothing, then you can create Amaterasu out of a crude drawing of a wolf. I actually kind of like that. Thank you. I actually kind of like it too. We're going to choose the other one, but I like that one. Fuck you. <laughs> and do you agree, Cholik? So we we move on with the with the statue. Yes. Okay. I hate you both. Hey, it's not a bad move. Maybe that could be Chibi Tarasu's entrance yes. animation. I'm not making a Chibi Tarasu Echo Fighter. No. <laughs> Maybe. Do it. I've, I did do think it. about how, depending on how this goes, I might do it, but... Do it. It could be a semi-clone. doesn't have to be an Echo Fighter. Yeah, it could be fully original, depending on where we go with this moveset, actually. We will see. If my moveset gets completely erased, I'll just change it and be TV Rossi's moveset. How about that? Fuck y'all. Okay. We should make AMI. it our point. Do not choose any of Xantok's moves, so that way he can do that. I think mean, that's going to be real fucking hard with the options there are for Amaterasu. There's not a lot of know. options for the moveset. There really there's isn't. Not a lot, there's not a lot of options for the moveset, maybe. Um, I was bouncing between maybe seven or eight arts and where to place them. Uh, we'll see where it goes. We'll see where it goes. We'll be fun. But I think first we're getting into taunts. So since Wrong. we already established Kirby Hat. Kirby Hat. Kirby Hat, that's right. Uh similar to Pokemon hats. Half of Amaterasu's head with the snout and the ears um on top of Kirby's head. 
I just thought of a better one, but never mind. I, I recuse myself from that thought. Twilix? I forgot to write down a Kirby hat! Alright, well, we're moving on. Uh, so mine is similar to yours. The one thing I forget. God. <laughs> but instead of being like, kind of like how the Pokemon ones were just like, you know, the top half of their head, it's looked like really kind of creepy. Uh, Amaterasu is going to look more like, you know, taxidermy. It's going <laughs> to look more like a oh. taxidermied Amaterasu head on top of Kirby's head. Oh, God. A, 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 more, a more PG version is just that the tattoo marks on Amaterasu's head or head and face would apply onto Kirby's head and face, but I think that would be too subtle, honestly. Okay, so since Twilix did not have one written down, I will share the thought that I just had. Okay. The tat the tattoo marks from Amaterasu placed over Kirby, like you were just saying, would be too subtle on their own. What if you put the reflector on Kirby's back? I was thinking that, actually, yeah. Along with it. And? Wolfies. And wolf ears. Okay. That sounds good. We we did a trifecta. That was all three of us chiming in for that, so I feel good about that. Haswa. Haswa. That'll be the note that I write down to remember that. There you go. Oh, dear. <laughs> I'll forget it by tomorrow, so I'll make sure to send you my notes after this, this episode's done. Please do. Uh-huh. Well, you do. don't send me your notes, I have to rewatch the episode, and it's a butt. I've got mine written down this time. I do too. I, I've got mine written down. I just need to dust them up a little bit. Okay. Onwards to the taunts. Uh, I will share my first taunt, which I have listed as an up taunt. So, as this tends to go, we can mix and match depending on what we think of each other's. Um, my up taunt is Isin appears and bouncing up and down on top of Amaterasu's nose. After three little hops, Amy catches Eason in her mouth and ease him out onto the floor. Bada bing, bada, Eason. Uh, Twilix. So I didn't label my taunts in any directional one, but I did number them. So okay. I'll go with number one is mm -hmm. that she yawns and lays down to take a nap, which she <laughs> does often. She does. She does. Just blatant yeah. disrespect to someone trying to talk to her. Tell her something important. She just snap. <laughs> so, one of my taunts is Amaterasu will curl up, lay down, in order to take a quick nap on the stage before Isun angrily jumps on her nose and wakes Amaterasu up. That's funny, because one of my taunts is Amaterasu lays down and yawns, Isun hopping ar angrily around her as she lays down, falling asleep. Uh, the only difference is that I have her permanently falling asleep until she's distracted. But we could just wake her up. We we made the same taunt, basically. <laughs> we all made the yes, same Yes, we all taunt. did. Yep. Um, we will get there when we get there. Um, okay, as for my so-called side taunt... Whoa, whoa, whoa! Uh, you just, you just said you just said your second taunt. Oh shit! That's right, because we we just went through yeah the sleeping thing. Yeah. Okay. That so means... it's Twilix's turn. Twilix, yeah. So my second taunt is, so in the game, you draw a circle in the sky and it makes the sun appear. Like during mm -hmm. the daytime, it can turn. During that time, it can turn, turn it to day. Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking, 
just have the sun appear with like the sun drawing animation and she kind of sits down with it was up the okay okay that that sounds good there's the rising sun already uh, got that in the picture it's just probably a bit more subtle than it is in game because you know it's a taunt mm-hmm. I hear you. yeah because in game it takes over the entire screen yeah, yeah um so one right. of my taunts also used the celestial brush uh, mm-hmm. For this one, the Celestial Vestral appear in front of Amaterasu and draw the symbol for Bloom right in front of her. This will create a small clover that will just sprout up in front of Amaterasu, which Amaterasu will then bend down and take the time to sniff a little, since, you know, clovers are so important to Okami. I like that. I like that. I like that as a nod to uh, Clover Studios. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, and that's the really actual really clovers good. that you have to bloom in Okami. Yep. Mm-hmm. No, that's good. I like that one quite a bit. Okay, my final taunt. Amaterasu barks. Bark. And you can use the taunt button, like, repeatedly, over and over again, cancel that one bark for another bark, because that's how it rolls in Okami. Yeah, fair. An annoying taunt, if you will. <laughs> kind of, like, it can be annoying in the game. Have all players with Amaterasu barking with the ten dogs at the screen. <laughs> you create a chorus of eight Amaterasus on the stage barking to the tune of a song. Oh my god. That would become That's, the new... That'd be the next um, meme, everybody. The new King DDD laying on the ground. <laughs> okay. Final taunts, everybody. I think Lister and I already said them, so Twilix. So my last one is she she sits down and then is soon just bouncing on her nose. Nice. Nice. Similar to similar to my first one a little bit. Yes. Okay. Cool. Okay, before we get into deliberation over the taunts. Dude, I still haven't said my third one. Oh, I thought you did. Okay, no! what's your third one? That's twice now I've had to say it. <laughs> My third taunt isn't anything special, but I'm going to wrestle Will, turn, tilt her head up to the sky, and howl. You know, that iconic, nice. classic Okami howl. Truly, yes, like a classic. Um, <laughs> okay, nice. Now then, before we get into the inglorious task of sorting through our taunts, we have to henceforth proceed into victory poses. So, my first victory pose is the camera dynamically shifts and stirs as Amaterasu lets out a victorious howl, the sun shining overhead. Um, Directly, it's one of her victory poses from defeating a boss in Okami. Um, So for the exact, like, trajectory of the camera, it's pretty much one for one. Uh, so if you look up a little snippet of that, then you will know what I'm talking about. Um, <clears throat> the sun shining overhead are just sunbeams, I should clarify, not the rising sun that you get from drawing uh, the sun in the sky. Twilix, what's your first victory pose? Uh, that, basically. Oh, nice. Nice. Uh, I mean, come on. 
Yeah. Are, are, is there any difference, or is it literally just that? Because if it's that's fine too. Just the victory howl. Yeah. Sweet. Sweet. Okay. And Xantuck. So I don't have the victory howl. Mm-hmm. But it's a taunt for me. So screw you. Mm-hmm. Uh, my first victory puzzle instead is that Isun will jump off of Amaterasu and bounce her on the screen in excitement as Amaterasu pants a little bit before lying down. <laughs> that's fair. That That's a nice one. Um, enjoying the spoils of victory. Um, my second victory pose. Amaterasu is seen celebrating her victory by standing in front of a bowl of animal feed with a rabbit, cat, or Shiba Inu. The camera pans around them in a circle once before returning to a stationary position. Uh, Twilix. She takes a nap with Isun bouncing around. <laughs> nice. I love it! <laughs> I like taking naps, too. Especially with little men bouncing on my nose. <laughs> Alright, my second one. Amaterasu will fly through the air, curled up in a little ball, with a sumagari on her back as she tears through the air. Amaterasu will twist and land on the ground with a skid as she spins in place before stopping to snarl at the camera. Nice. That is pretty pretty dynamic. And I remember it from the game. Good, good draw. Um, on to our third and final. Um, similarly enough, uh, Amaterasu runs towards the camera, flashing her weapon forward and freeze-framing in a vicious and regal pose. Um, similar to her Marvel vs. Capcom 3 victory image. Uh, Twilix? See, this one's a bit of a callback to like the very beginning of the game. She's digging in the ground and uproots a turnip. Just holds it like proudly. Is Amaterasu secretly Princess Peach? No. no. Are you sure? At, at the start of the game, you, you're digging up turnips. It's like a side quest thing. Yeah, well, Peach also digs up turnips. Okay. Sorry, guys. My. I don't know what's going on with him. He's being a no, weirdo. Just... So I'm just going to move on to my third victory pose, and he'll either hear it or he okay. won't. Um... I don't know what he's doing. So, for my third victory pose, Amaterasu is going to jump into the air and whip out her devout beads so that they swirl around her before quickly switching to the Sumigari and performing a sideways slash around her. To finish up the display, Amaterasu will then switch to her Divine Retribution weapon and do a front flip through the air where she slams the Divine Retribution into the ground in front of the camera. Okay, sounds like we've got all of our victory poses and taunts lined up. So, with that being said... It is time for the not-so-grand endeavor that we have to take on now, which is sorting through all of them and deciding on which ones to make our designated taunts and designated victory poses for Amy. So let's get into this. Um, for starters, is there any one taunt or victory pose that we're feeling strongly about? I mean, let's just look at the math here. Victory Howl is in, right? Yep. Let's, it's mm -hmm. just, it's in. Uh, soon hopping around. <laughs> Is probably mm -hmm. in. 
uh, for victory poses. Barking is probably in for taunts, and so is yawning and taking a nap. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah. <laughs> I agree. I agree. So, um, you're saying it's fairly it's fairly nondescript. So, for the taunts, we're going to do yawning and taking a nap as one of them. Um, whatever very specific little thing that we decide to, whatever specific course can be decided in post, I guess. Um, barking is going to be another one. And then uh, there's blooming a small clover, um, I think should be the final one personally. I agree. Okay. Yay. So that was easy. Hideki Kamiya, eat your heart out. We'll tag you on Twitter. Um, don't, don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> hey, I didn't say I was going to voice act in the Platinum game or something. I just said I was going to talk to him. Um, as for our victory poses, um, <clears throat> you are saying victory howl. I agree. 100% has to be in there. Blasphemous if it's not. Um, I think Lister postulated that the Isun hopping on Amaterasu's nose is one that should be fast track since we mentioned it as many times as we did. I agree. I agree. Um, again, I mean, there, there's one where Amaterasu catches him in her mouth and spits him out. Um, and then there's one where he's just kind of dancing around on her. Um, we can go with either or. Is there is there one that we're feeling more than the other? I think just the bouncing around, personally. Yeah. Okay. okay. So, sounds good to me. Um, so, for our final victory pose, though, um, we're we're dealing with a couple of pretty unique ones. So basically, I think I think Listers is the best out of the um, attacking poses, um, using a variety of of weapons, and it's just a little more interesting than mine. Um, <clears throat> and then there is her eating with one of the other animals, which as uh, Twilix and, and, and Zantac, I'm sure, could both, both attest, is a common trope in the game. So, do we go with the... Well, both are, really. Do we go with the attack, or do we go with the eating with an animal? I mean, there's also the turnip digging. The turnip... Yeah, there is. There is. Yeah, I was gonna mention... Did we forget something? <laughs> but yeah, digs up the turnip, holds it up. <laughs> that recalls one of the most stressful parts of the game for me. <laughs> uh, Mama, good lord. Okay, just, yeah. This... Just wanted to call back to like the very beginning of the game there. Mm hmm. So the, okay, I like that too. I like all three of these. Um, so I'll leave it to you guys. Which one of the three do you feel most strongly for, towards? Without saying our own. Either or, I mean, yours are I mean, also on the table. I, I like the idea of a silly one with the turnip. That's that's, so, that's fair. That's my opinion. Mm -hmm. Honestly, I second that opinion. <laughs> hey, I'm not arguing that. That makes this shit easy. That was surprisingly easy for, for a taunt and victory pose round. Yeah. So, so for her taunts... Amaterasu barks. Amaterasu sleeps. Amaterasu smells a clover. Yeah. For her victory poses. Isun bounces on her snout. She howls towards the sun. 
and she digs up a turnip. Yep. Sound good? All right. Sounds good to me, too. Okay. Onwards to the most special of all special events, though. It is time for us to dig into, not turnips, Amaterasu's special moves. Oh, boy. Yes. Here's where I become the most basic of bitches. <laughs> I, I think my standard special is fairly basic as well, but... I, I think be all of mine are basic. Sometimes a basic moveset is better than getting overcomplicated. That's I you... true, Sakurai. <laughs> yes, precisely. It's cool in execution sometimes, but honestly, I don't play as Steve that often. I don't play as Min Min that often. Also, Phoenix Wright and Marvel's Capcom 3. Also fair. Also fair. I hope they would streamline him a bit in Smash. I'm sure they would. Um, it'll be akin, It'll be exactly your moveset, actually, from the wiki. It'll be exactly my moveset, because I've been hired to direct the next game. Yeah, you are the American soccer. Eh? That's not true. No, it's not. But you are going to start your own uh, gaming development advice channel soon. Yes, that is true. Most excellent. Um, okay. So my standard special is Power Slash. Speaking of basic moves, the first, um, besides Bloom slash Rejuvenation, the first art that Amaterasu learns in Okami. Uh, so Amaterasu draws a diagonal line for as long as the move is charged. It's just kind of inking it in with the Celestial Brush. You can't see the brush itself. I think that that would be an aesthetic move that is a little bit too drastic as in it pulls from the action a little too much. So I have it just an ink blot on the screen moving back and forth. Um, the longer the move is charged, the more damage it deals, and at higher percent percentages of this charge, this increases its shield-breaking potential. Um, this ink blot that is charging the Power Slash with its diagonal movement can be moved um, anywhere within a nebulous radius. So I have it written down as like a Bowser-sized radius um, in either direction. Um, so it's easily telegraphable. People might be able to, to read where it moves and be able to dodge it. But it can hit hip pretty heavily. It can break shields at full charge, uh, work through walls and whatever. Um, and it can reflect projectiles that it intercepts. So if you draw it over Mario's Fireball, it'll deflect Mario's Fireball back towards him. And that is my Power Slash. Twilix, what's your Power Slash look like? Just kidding. What's your standard special? See, my standard special is Cherry Bomb. Nice. Where nice. she draws up a Cherry Bomb about maybe a little bit bigger than a regular Kirby size. Mm -hmm. And it, I, it explodes after either a few seconds or if it touches an enemy. Yeah. And, and you can kind of push it a little. Yeah, that, that's fun. I... I... I'm not going to share whether I have Cherry Bomb in my Usa or not, but that is a bit about how I would use it as well. Um, there, you definitely have to have a little bit of movement back and forth with it. Um, almost like a soccer ball, I would think. That's that's Okay. Pretty... Yeah. Okay, and Xantok? <clears throat> so, minus Power Slash. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's pretty similar to what you had lined up, uh, but there's a couple differences. Um, first of all, I don't have anything about reflecting uh, any projectiles. Mm -hmm. uh, but in... Mine, you might sound like omnidirectional. Uh, instead, it's just like you have a little bit of time to charge it. Uh, but what that charging time is mainly used for is just angling 
where you want the slash to actually go. By default, mm-hmm. it's just a simple straight line in front of Amaterasu. Uh, and it's probably about, I would say around, you know, like as wide as Donkey Kong, Bowser, that similar kind of range. Mm-hmm. Uh, but by tilting the control stick up, you can, it'll either go, um, I can't, like 45 degrees up or 45 degrees down. Anywhere in that range, you can tilt it to go. Yeah. And then, yeah, uh, agreed. It's just like, um, it's stronger in shields, uh, and whatnot, other defensive techniques that can just like cut through essentially. Nice. Yeah, that's fair too. I, I had wondered whether I should keep it to a tighter radius like that. Um, the reason why I did mine the way that it was, I felt it was a little truer to the game, um, where you can draw pretty much anywhere on a screen. I didn't want to go that far, but I did go a little further than yours. There's an argument for both, though, I think. I mean, e- either way is more accurate than how Marvel's Capcom 3 did it, where it's just like, all right, we're just going to summon a piece of paper with a line drawn on it. I forgot about that. Yeah, that was yeah. important. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. On to our side specials then, boys. Uh, mine is Ice Storm. Oh! Yeah. Amaterasu draws an X over the spot space directly in front of her. Uh, I think that a Donkey Kong-sized thing is a pretty good basis for this um, Zantok. So let's say it's about that size. Um, and it causes a circle of icicles to drop directly down in front of her. They're, they deal piercing damage. They're... Um, they, they're fast moving, they break easily, they don't deal a lot of damage on their own, but they deal with a lot of damage in a group. Um, charging this attack draws the X out further, so it's like zooming outwards on a phone, on a phone screen, um, where the X becomes wider and causes more icicles to drop in a wider path. Um, during this attack as well, Amaterasu herself becomes surrounded by a freezing mist, Similar to Ice Climber's Blizzard, this potentially freezes opponents if they touch her. Uh, the icicles travel about as far as their Blizzard 2, um, a little further when charged. Uh, okay, on to Twilix. So my size special is Power Slash. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I initially was going to have it be a standard special, but I'm like... No, no, no. Everyone else is going to have that be the standard special. I'm going to make Cherry Bomb my standard special. That's fair. That's fair. So is Power it, Slash mm-hmm. is the side special. Mm-hmm. Is it about the same as Xantox or mine? or? Uh, It's basically more like a, a long slash, yeah. Okay, gotcha. Can it be charged? Uh, I did not write it down as being able to be charged, so no. Okay. That that is fair. Um anything else about it you want to share or shall we move on to Xantok? Uh that's about it. Okay. Lister. So my side special Don't tell me it's cherry bomb. Don't fucking tell me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm under also kicks forward and cheer no. Uh it's water spout. I told no, you okay. basic bitch moves it. It's water spout. Amaterasu fires out a stream of water. Because, you know, in Okami, you know, you can connect the brush from any water source to wherever you want it to go, and the water just mm-hmm. follows that path. So it's basically the same thing here. You can cut, you quickly can draw a path that the water will follow, and then the water just goes down that path. Kind of like how Pac-Man's side special works, where you can draw the path of the line and then Pac-Man jumps forward, except there will be uh, less delay between drawing the line and when the water goes spiraling out. Right. So it's really uh, quick. Do what? 
It's really quick moving, basically. Yes, it's really quick moving. It's borderline, you're drawing the water. Borderline. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, In the, like, other water-type moves in Smash, it's mainly just for pushing people away. It's not really much of a damage dealer. It's just, get the fuck out of my way. Okay, got it. So it's like water gun, squirrel. Water gun, flood, the same similar lines. Okay, yeah, that, that's fair because it doesn't it doesn't deal damage in Okami anyway. Um, that is a something that I took into account as a potential up special move, but for my up special, I ultimately went with Green Sprout. So um, using a subsidiary of Bloom, Amaterasu summons a Konohana blossom that she attaches herself to with a vine. The vine pulls her up on top of the blossom before disappearing a moment later. Uh, the appearance of the Konohana Blossom can be altered. Uh, I don't mean aesthetically, but where it appears on the screen can be altered by holding the up special inputs and moving it around on a radius. Uh, 45 degrees-ish seems fair, like similar to Yoshi's Egg Toss and Yoshi's Island, um, with maybe just a little more trajectory to it. Uh, it can be placed anywhere within this radius before appearing. The Blossom's propeller underneath it that keeps it up in the air can deal light damage if an opponent jumps into it by accident and will deal slightly more damage as it appears. So the Blossom appears in a puff of like magic dust, and if an opponent is right there, it can deal some light damage to them. Um, the Blossom can act as a platform for any character once it is summoned until it's either dismantled, so you can break it, or disappears. Um, it can also be canceled out of at any point during Amaterasu's rise up on the vine by holding down on the control stick. So Amy will go falling down if she cancels out of it. And that's that. Uh, Twilix? So my up special is Green Sprout. <laughs> but, but, I have it function a little different. It's more like kind of a lasso ability. Like, you know. Like Link's grab. Kind of like a Ivysaur's Vine Whip. Okay. Okay. Nice. I like so, it. my up special is Green Sprout, <laughs> which basically works like Ivysaur's Vine Whip. Okay. Hey, okay. it's used, it's literally a tether recovery in Okami. It is literally a tether recovery. It, is. it, is. it just works. It does work. All right, Todd Howard. Don't you guys have phones? <laughs> no, that's, 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 uh, that's Either, I don't care. They're both weird. <laughs> okay nice synchronicity there guys um down special my down special is fire burst okay yeah um so fire burst in okami is summoned with an infinity symbol amaterasu summons a large fireball about the size of a party ball basically directly in front of her and it quickly descends upwards ultimately at the height of Bowser. Um, as it ascends, uh, it kind of sprays outwards in that infinity symbol-esque dro- um, pattern. Uh, it deals constant damage with light stun. Uh, hurts a lot more at its center, so if you summon it right over a character, it'll deal them a lot of damage. Uh, and there's light lag upon startup to count as a charge with some super armor for, for Annie. And that's that. Uh, Twelix, what's your down special? So my down special is Shield Tree. Nice. A, uh, a ability you might not actually use that much or completely forget it exists. 
but uh, you just place the dot and it just sprouts a tree. <laughs> it, it wouldn't be like a super tall tree, but it, w it would basically act as a wall. So it's a like villager's wall for a few seconds. Huh? Villager's tree. Uh, possibly. I haven't seen that in action. Villager plants a little sprout in the ground. Then for his next application of the down special, he, he, cut, he uh, waters the plant. It's pressed into a tree. And then he can use an axe to chop the tree down. Mm-hmm. Okay, but it sprouts instantly. Yeah, yeah. Sprouts instantly and maybe uh, has a little less function where you can't knock it down on an opponent, maybe, if I'm following. It's it's more that it is a damage spawn, so that way you can make it sprout immediately and, and avoid an attack. Twilix? Yes. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Cool. Cool. I, I mean, I like that. Uh, Santoc? So my down special is Cherry Bomb. Okay. <laughs> nice. You know, why would it be... Why would I make it a Santa special when it just makes sense to be the down special, right? Sure. Sure. So you drop a Cherry Bomb, it just plops there. And it'll either explode after, you know, time has passed, or... If it hits an opponent, or if, you know, fire happens, it'll blow up. But also, Amarasu can hit it and send it, uh, like, not roll around the platform or with a strong enough attack. Could even send it, like, flying a bit up into the air to catch people off guard with a big old explosion. Nice. So it's, 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 you and Twilix have the same move, but it's telegraphed to a different area. Pretty much. Pretty much. That's fair. Cherry Bomb is one of the ones that, that seemed really obvious to me, too. Like, I, I uh, where I actively tried to avoid it because I felt like I knew it was going to show up. So it is aptly represented, and, and we could talk about it. So that's cool. Um, <clears throat> Final Smash, guys. We're, we're working our way through this. Uh, <clears throat> mine is White Light Majesty. <clears throat> Amaterasu howls, and a stylized Japanese sun appears in the background. So... Uh, just full-blown, the sun is here, the sun has risen, this is the background that you see when you summon the sun in Okami, full blast. Um, so long as the sun is shining, Amaterasu is enveloped in a potent white light that surrounds her body. This white magic buffs her all around, to a degree similar to Wario's buff to Wario Man in Brawl, including invulnerability, but excluding being more difficult to move. So she moves a little quicker, but is still simple to control, while each of her moves receives a considerable buff in attack strength. Um, after a short amount of time, the, the sun dissipates, and Amaterasu returns to normal. That is that. It's her celestial form. Uh, Twilix? So, my final smash for Amaterasu is something that appears only in the final boss scene like the final phase of it is where normally draw a crescent moon in the, in the sky and it just turns it to night. But if you do that during the final phase of the final boss fight, it summons a spiritual version of uh, one of the characters from the game Susano, mm -hmm. and he ju it just comes from the crescent moon and just slashes a giant slash 
Nice. So that would happen. Mm -hmm. it, it would turn the stage dark mm -hmm. at, during the whole animation where it comes in to slash at whoever poor unfortunate soul is targeted by it. Ha have a lot of damage and knock back. Nice. Is this a CGI move? Like, um... Amaterasu attacks somebody and then enters into, like, a cinematic? Like an ultimate? Uh, I didn't quite envision it as a cinematic. Okay. I'm gonna guess yeah. for this one. The moon appears in the background of the stage. Or not in the background, like, it appears probably, like, either in the middle of the stage or, like, in front of Amaterasu. If, an, if a fighter is inside the mood, that's when it'll trigger to cause Susano to come flying down and strike that opponent in particular. Gotcha. That's a yeah. That, that's a unique way to approach a final smash. And I, I'm well, pretty proud of that one. Yeah, I mean, it, it gives Susano a, a chance to be a hero too, which is few and far between. That's pretty neat. I like it. And uh, Santok. So you had the rising sun in yours. Mm -hmm. Twilix has the moon in his. Uh, mine also the sun. Okay. I call this move Sunrise of the Divine. Nice. Amadrasu will howl as the, uh, the, the rising sun appears um, using that brush technique. And it will appear in front of Amy, kind of like how I just proposed how the moon could appear for Twilix's final smash. Uh, if an mm -hmm. opponent is hit by the sun, then they will take um, initial some initial fire damage right away. And then Amaterasu will lock onto them and charge straight forwards right at them with the Divine Retribution equipped on her back. She will go into a series of strikes, uh, hitting them with the Divine Retribution, while also switching between the Devout Beads and the... Uh, fuck, which sword is it again? The Sumagari. Those are the three I chose for this as well. Uh, it's, it's basically kind of like a Triforce Slash-like attack with Amaterasu switching between the three weapons and just unleashing a combo strike against that opponent before one final hit sends them flying away. Nice. Well, that's pretty That's pretty good. That's, that's a nice way to round it back home. But before we do... Uh, before we do, we do... We do something unique on these Smash Chubby episodes. We as do. Uh, our dear listeners know, we have an extra skill activated by some means... Shield uh, special. It's shield special. Is that what we decided? That's right. Shield special. Um, it's an additional special move. Uh, something we came up with to spice up our movesets a little bit and and project it as maybe a potential for something to be canonized into Smash later on. Um, since these sorts of moves, EX moves, whatever you want to call them, per per fighting game, are pretty are fairly common in fighting games these days. Um, so with that being said. My extra skill, as has been hinted at through Lister's moves quite frequently, um, Amaterasu is able to swap between weapons that she receives throughout the game. Um, the three primary weapon forms are Reflectors, uh, Rosaries, and Glaives. Um, so Amaterasu standard attacks are heavily changed. She's a, She is a weapon changing slash stance changing character um she receives she has the divine retribution reflector the devout beads as a rosary and the sumigari as a glaive and she can swap between them at will bada bing bada boom there you go 
uh, Twilix. So, for my extra skill... Oh. Oh, I thought I heard something. Uh, for my extra skill, I went with Veil of Mist, which in the original game is represented by, you know, everything else slowing down around you. Mm -hmm. uh, I didn't quite want to do it like that, even though I could have. Mm -hmm. uh, I just wrote it down as a speed boost that you can activate. Nice. And there is quite a quite an aesthetic there, where the where there's mist around the Amaterasu throughout the. Okay, yeah, that, that's that's cool. Cool, I like it. So for my extra skill, I considered uh, mist veil or veil mist, whatever the hell it's called, but it was just like this is. Just exactly the same thing as Bayonetta's down special, so I don't want to do that anymore. Instead, <laughs> what I did is called Divine Instruments, which lets Amaterasu swap between the Divine Retribution, <laughs> the Devout Beats, and the Sumugari to change up uh, her standard attacks and her smashes and aerials. You know, yeah. it's a bit of a, you know, a stance weapon change kind of thing you know, not many characters have. Uh, the Divine Retribution is, is meant to be more like uh, the standard... It, it's the default um, normal <laughs> melee range that typical fighters tend to have just in front of them. It's the more balanced option. The Devout Beads are the longest range. Mm -hmm. uh, weaker in attack, but they have multiple hitboxes along the beads, so you could hit somebody multiple times. Uh, and the Sumigari is more medium distance, but higher on power, uh, while also slower in execution. Correct. Great. Cool. Um, <laughs> the crux of the moveset, if you will. I feel like my moveset is like a combination of YouTube's movesets. Here and there, yeah. Here and there, yeah. I can see that. There there are a couple of... I did bring a couple of unique moves with Fireburst and Ice Storm. We'll, we'll see where that goes. Which I and... should also mention. Uh, my original Final Smash was borderline the exact same thing that Ami has in Marvel's Capcom 3, which is fire, ice, electric. It's like, oh, mm -hmm. cool. But I got, but it, I hated it. It was boring. I was like, screw That's it. Cool. We're going to go for the Divine Instruments. I don't care. <laughs> which is also used in Marvel's Capcom 3. But I had no other ideas besides those two things. It's like, fuck it. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, yeah, it's, it's an aesthetically pleasing move. I mean, we'll get to it. We actually... We'll get to it now. Unless other skills? Do you want to talk about that first? Uh, crawling. That's all I got. Qual crawling, wall clinging, and wall jumping. All, all things she does in Okami. Yeah. Yeah? Okay. Okay. Sounds Okay. We got Now that we got that out of the way, um, it's time to deliberate on the special moves. What are we doing here, boys? What's our easiest route forward? There, there are a few green sprout areas where we have the same green move, generally sprout. speaking. Just yeah. telegraph to different places. Um, green sprout. Yep. Green sprout. How do we want to approach green sprout? Do we want it to be my version with the Kanahana blossom? Re remind us what your version was. Okay. So, to, to recall, your version is essentially Vine Whip. Yeah, both right? of ours are essentially Vine Whip, but longer range. Oh, that's fair. Uh, mine is Amaterasu summoning a Konohana Blossom. So, um, you know, from that area in the game, uh, which name eludes me at this time, uh, it pulls her up 
on top of the blossom um, with the vine. Uh, you can telegraph where you place the blossom a little bit with with a with the movement of the brush. Um, the propeller on the blossom deals light damage. It can be broken by opponents or used as a platform as well. Um, so Amatrasu is taken up by a vine onto the blossom that she summons. She, she basically just creates a platform in the air below her that she stands on. Correct, and and it can be anywhere within a radius. So you know, upwards arc pulls her up in a diagonal or straight up or whatever. Mm. She's there. Um, pulls her straight up to that platform. Then the platform can be used by anyone until it disappears. Okay. Mm-hmm. Both functional, both canon to the game. It's all very true. Felix, what do you think? I mean, personally, I, I like the buying whip idea more. I agree. On what basis? Uh, I... One, it's snappier. Mm-hmm. Two, yeah. um, well, the idea of like having a floating platform created as a as an upstitial, I think is a good idea for for in a move set. Mm -hmm. I feel like just the straight up vine fits Amaterasu better, with just how that's more with how much how much that is used, just like as a technique in Okami. Mm -hmm. So, would this vine? What happens if the vine catches an opponent? Would Amaterasu slam them into the ground or? It uh, is that how it works in Okami? Because I don't remember. I don't think it works like that in Okami. Uh, yeah. I was thinking it will just pull Amaterasu to them. Okay, that makes sense to me. Could get dangerous. Good. All right, but yeah, okay, sounds good. Um, so there's that. Um, we have Cherry. I think the easiest way to approach this at this point would probably be deciding on the final smash first. Okay. So since it's so unique per each one. Um, <clears throat> I like all of them. I think that Twilix's is the most unique. Ah. Um, I, honestly, I agree. I like Twilix's the most. Mm -hmm, because, because mine and yours, Xantok, they both fall into, at this point, what Standard fare. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, I like the idea of what it would look like to attack with Sunrise of the Divine. I like the name of the attack. Um, but ultimately, it's Triforce Slash Great Aether. Yeah. Uh, mine. Um, buffs are not as prominent in Smash as they were in earlier games, given. But it's still just a buff. Let's just let's just go with the Susano thing. <laughs> I agree. Yes. Okay. Well, now that we got that out of the way, what do we want to attack next? We have our down special. I think we have to look at the combination that is Power Slash and Cherry Bomb. Yeah. Because pretty mm -hmm. much wherever they go is going to determine on what hits that last spot. This is true. This is true. Jono, um, you and I have Power Slash on the Sandy Special, which works... Yours yours, you can choose omnidirectionally. Mine is just like a cone. Mm -hmm. Twilix, you have Power Slash on the side special. Uh, we never got clear clarification on you on um, where you can aim your Power Slash. Like, if you can aim it omnidirectionally, like, in any direction around uh, Amaterasu, or if you could also just do it in a straight-up cone, or if it's purely just a horizontal slash. I, I imagine it's more purely horizontal slash. Okay. Okay. So we'll have that to hash out. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but then it's a matter of where we want it to be, either on the standard special or on the side special. Personally, to me, I think it makes more sense on the standard special. Uh, side special, it can work, but I feel like it's... I don't know. I don't really know. Well, I mean, it, it, it would be fun as a side special. Uh, our other side special options were Water Spell, uh, the Icicles, and then Twilix had Power Bomb or Cherry Bomb on the standard. Mm-hmm. Uh, which then I had it on the down. Mm-hmm. But, um... Yeah. And our cherry yeah. bombs were borderline identical. I don't think you had a cherry bomb, correct, Jonah? I did not, know. Okay. Um, okay, I... Power Slash is going to be here either way. I think... I'm with you on this one, Lister. I think that the standard is the place to put it. It's not necessarily by any inkling. I, ju- I just feel like it's more... Standard. It's it's more synonymous with Mm -hmm. Mm Amadrasu. It's the bread and butter attack. Right. And and not to knock Trillix's version of the move, I do think it's a little simple, which is not a bad thing, but I do think in this case, the battle is kind of between Lister's and I's here. Personally. What do you think in Xantok? I mean... If you just look at purely what is more interesting on the technique between straight line, cone, and omnidirectional line, straight line loses out. Yeah. It is the most true to the game. I will give you that. True. Yeah. Um, And it's still better than having a piece of paper fall from the sky. It is. It is. I, I I will say, I think either way, whether we go with omnidirectional or cone... It should be able to reflect certain projectiles because it's something you do in the game. Sure. Okay, perfect. Uh, now that we have that out of the way, um, I think, you know, the, the cone is a little is a little more smash fair. You know, it's it's a little more, maybe a little more fair on the overall. Um, the omnidirectional is, I don't know. It, it's... Um, a little more Okami-esque, and I just don't... If I don't know if that fits more for this. What, what do you think? It is sometimes difficult to translate another game's character's techniques into Smash, especially when that game of technique is from a more 3D setting. Right. Uh, so are you saying maybe we... Call it a 50-50 and say that we do the cone and projectile reflection. Yeah. How do you feel about that? That's kind of where I'm feeling. Okay. Yeah, that's fair to me. Cherry bomb. It's an important move. It's it's an ubiquitous move to Okami. I think besides Bloom, Rejuvenation, and Power Slash, it's like the most ubiquitous move from the game. Agreed. Um, I went fire burst with my down special just to try and do something. I was saying it may not get chosen, but I didn't want to do cherry bomb because it would be the exact same as your guys. Wanted to try to do something different. Um, it's it's a cool move. I think that this version of a fireball is more unique than most. If we don't choose it here, I would like to reapply it to another character later on, probably. Sure. Um, with that being said. I do think it would be true to Amaterasu to go with a Cherry Bomb. Uh, and I think that Cherry Bomb should be down special, personally. Again, bombs just feel more like a down special. 
Twilix, what are you thinking about these? Well, I initially had it down as a standard special, and that is now Power Slash. So it being a down special does make sense. <laughs> a, a question for you about that, actually. Why why did you have uh, Cherry Bomb as your standard in Power Slash as your side? Like, what, what was your, uh, your thought process on that? Well, I, I imagined Power Slash as being something you use a bit more while mobile. Mm-hmm. Considering, like, it would slash facing the direction you are. So, my, I thought, like, at least how it would look animation-wise, is it would be a slash as you're running towards an enemy. I got you. Oh, okay. That, that... So that's why I did that. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, I can't speak for the community, for the, like, the competitive community. But I know, I, I can't say, like, whenever I've played Smash, I've never felt like my momentum, well, I guess in general, my momentum has had to be, like, sacrificed to do a standard special type move. Like, I can still do it while on the go. Honestly, I can see that as, as like, a side dash or something. Like, it's potentially something the character may use regardless. It's just not chronicled on the wiki. I mean, my original idea for Power Slash was just going to be that uh, Ink drips from Amandros' tail and she whips around and spins in place. And it's like her tail is the slash. <laughs> and I was just like, that's that that's just a side smash. That's yeah. a side smash, actually. Mm-hmm. Or mm-hmm. that could be a dash deck where she just spins at the end of the dash. I don't know. Chases her tail. There, <laughs> yeah. It's it's a very the character is very much dog. It is very it, dog. She is a goddess. Um, you know, as as she is a as dog woman. spelled backwards. As old as the sun itself, but a dog. But a dog. Dog. Yep. Dog. I'd invest in I'd invest in Ami coin anyway, yeah. Aha. Anyway. <laughs> Alright. That brings us down to our side spouts. And we have a few things that we can consider here. First of all, there's mm-hmm. my water spout. There is mm-hmm. your ice tech. We could also still consider your fireball. Uh and then Twilix. We've used all. I don't think we can. What was your no. down special again? My down special was the shield tree, right? Which I don't think would work for a side special. No, you can summon the tree and then have it be automatically power slashed and fall on the ground. But yeah, you could summon oh. cats. You could, yes, from the movie Cats. No, the the Taylor Swift one. No. Oh, I was thinking no. the James Vito. Corden one. Oh, God. That's even... Yes, that... that One and the same. What a time. Um, Dancing with the Judy Dench cat. No. <laughs> God, good it, Lord. It, it's, a, it's a waltz. Mm-hmm. I hate everything that represents. He dips Re- her low. He brings her up. They look deeply in each other's eyes. Where the fuck did this come from? I don't know. I don't know. I hope you did. I hope you did not watch that shit. I, I did not. I did not. Okay. That that's something that you can only watch when like everybody is like, okay, so we're all going to watch this as a group, so we can all universally pan this movie together and not take it all seriously. Yeah. Honestly, when you when you were in Tucson, I was 
thinking about doing that with a movie that was critically received. I was going to be like, if nothing else comes to fruition, let's just go watch Cocaine Bear. Oh, I was not interested. <laughs> we did go see Scream 6, though. And then we watched a few other horror movies. Mm-hmm. I, be- I bet that was good. I bet yeah. that was cool. Cool. Uh, speaking of horror movies, we got to wrap up this move set. Oof. So, um, side special. We're dealing with three moves here. Three yep. potential moves. Uh, so your water spout lister, if I'm recalling correctly, you're drawing a stream of water into existence. You can kind of kind of wiggle around, draw it in any sort of way you want to, and it dashes forward, non-damaging move, akin to Squirtle's water gun, Mario's blood. Yes, uh, it just has longer range, and you With can long- draw it. So longer you don't range. Have to charge it like those two jerk offs. <laughs> longer range, like as far as like if you were to pure, make a purely straight line. It would be considerably farther than what Fud and than what Squirtle can do. Like Squirt, Squirtle sucks. Squirtle's mm-hmm. water gun is trash. Mm-hmm. Flood mm-hmm. is fine if you can if you know how to angle it, I guess. But mm-hmm. like purely straightforward line, it's got decent decent length. Yeah. Okay, got it. Maybe like as far as Vampire Giller, what do you say? Like maybe that is a reference point. Oh, that's probably fair. That's probably fair. Okay, so- sounds good. Okay, so my two, um, Amaterasu's Ice Storm. Uh, you're summoning a little cluster of icicles that fall down right in front of her. If you charge it, they go about, I would say, twice or one and a half times as far as Ice Climber's Blizzard. Um, Also, while using the attack, Amaterasu is surrounded by, like, a frozen mist that could, so if opponents touch Amaterasu during this, there's a high chance they'll be frozen. Um, My other attack was Fire Burst, where Amaterasu summoned a large, just burst of fire, I think it's a side special. It would operate a little, a little differently than I had it down for a down. Um, so as a side, I think Amaterasu quickly draws an infinity symbol that fills out with fire, like a burst of fire that appears and disappears and just deals considerable damage. Uh, right. There's our three moves. Twilix, what do you think about these three attacks? I mean, I like the, the firestorm. Okay. So having firestorm appear just like essentially right next to Amy. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I imagine it's small initially, but you can kind of like charge it up to like pump it up and deal, make it be bigger in front of her or something to that effect. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, hey, that sounds fine to me. <laughs> If you wanted to go that way, I depending on like when I see your notes and it can start getting put on the wiki, I might um uh tweak it a bit just to like make it work easier in my head. But that's fair, I'm fine with it. I actually thought we were gonna go ice, that's that's kind of where I was leaning. Leaning, I thought so too, but I I like all three moves and I think that it was good and fair to let Trulix choose, and I am fine with him choosing one of mine. <laughs> <laughs> so we have a move set, guys. We do. Yes. Uh, no, we don't. Not of... No, we don't. Extra skill. Shit. Uh, divine instruments. I think. I think that's fair. I mean, I like Veil of Mist. So do but I. Do you like Veil of Mist, or do you like Amy being able to switch her weapon mid-fly and change up her attacks? 
I mean, yeah, I like that more. Yeah, that's what I figured. I like the mist, damn it. <laughs> um, I the the mist. Um, I like both as well. Um, what I kind of get to when we get down into the grit, um, a little like this is which move. You know, if both moves are true to the character, which one is more unique for the character? Like, which one? would be more applicable to only this character, and I think it's Divine Instruments. Whereas Veil of Mist, you can apply a similar move to maybe other characters as well. Um, so it could reappear somewhere, much like uh, some of our other some of our other moves that didn't make the cut here. We've definitely done that before. We have. We have for sure. This, yeah, this was a fun episode. And we're not quite done yet, but for recollection's sake... Our standard special is Power Slash. Our side special is Fire Burst. Up special is Green Spout. Down special is Cherry Bomb. Final Smash is Giant Slash. I'm forgetting the name of it, but I think that's right. Right, Felix? I mean, it doesn't have an official name, but... But did you, but I, did you give it a name? Yes. I gave it, like, a, a flashy name like Susano would give it. Mm-hmm. Susano style crescent strike <laughs> works for me, which is is what he would call it. Yes, I love it. I love it. Okay, final smash. Susano style crescent strike. Extra skill. Divine instruments. There she can is. crawl, wall cling, and wall jump. All there right. Most sexy. So there's two last things here to cover with Babadarasu. First of all, alternate costumes. Uh, I don't have specific ideas written down. I just figured they would probably be based off of. Uh, some of the different fur pants that the other dog characters have in the game. Yes. Uh, maybe pulling from some of the alts from Marvel's Capcom 3, which as a fun little note, she has a John Talbane-inspired alt from Darkstalkers, yep. which I think is yep. just fun. Yep. I, yeah, I, I honed in on that one. I have John Talbane written down as, like, the last, like, crazy kind of alternate costume. Um, also, Oki, like similar colors to Talbane, but but I think differentiated enough and important enough to Okami to be there. Um, and then I just have potential colors based off of the one, two, three, four, five, the eight Canon Warriors. Yeah, that works. So that's that for me. Did you have anything else, Felix? Uh, I just had like different color markings and the different uh, types of dog could be with the karmic transformers you unlock. Mm-hmm. Maybe also the the realistic Amu Tarasu skin. Oh yeah, oh yeah, the that's what? a great idea actually. From, from oh the... yeah, they were they were originally going to go with a more realistic art style before they went with what they have now, and that's what they have left of it basically. Oh god, it's an unlockable costume in Okami. It actually looks pretty neat. Oh yeah. god, um. Maybe a Shiranui-inspired alt? I, I'm not sure. Too sim- yeah, it's not different enough. Sim- yeah, it's not it's, different it's very, enough. It's, very, it's just the same thing, but with different patterns. Yeah. It, it's yeah. it's more complex patterns, white pendule stuff, and a brighter um, color. Yeah, okay. It's that's not fair. different enough. That's fair. But I think that's about it, so I'll I'll dust up my notes and shoot them over your way, Zantok, for the wiki. And yeah, I'll, new- I'll pretty much take both your notes and I'll make it work. Sweet. I will get those to you soon, so that way we can get this up on the wiki. Well, there is one last thing. Yes, there is. Home stage. What? The, the, the question pretty much becomes, 
with, with, with Nintendo characters, it can be different. Sometimes we will typically go for something that's either representative of that character or maybe the game that they originate from. With third-party characters, it's more often... If this game only had one location as a stage in Smash, what would that pick be? Mm -hmm. And I'm going to let you two fight this one out. Shinshu Field. It's already written on the wiki. I agree. Beautiful. Okay. Done. <laughs> there you go. Thank you. Can't think virtually... Not Catcall Tower, though? Really? Not yet. I feel like this is a missed opportunity. It, it's coming. Catcall Tower is coming. Okay. One day. Just for you. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, that's done. We have our full Amaterasu moveset. Uh, I will take everybody's notes, and I will, uh, as I already said, make it work. And we section? will get her up on the wiki. Oh, yeah, we will. All Sweet. right. Uh, so, Twilix, um, you know, we made you come back and be on the show once again. Mm -hmm. I don't Thank know you. when we'll get you on here again, because we... I don't know. I don't know what the what characters in the series are there that are left that you would want to talk about. We'll probably figure something out, but we'll see. We shall see. Mm -hmm. What about Mister Pants? What? Mister Pants? Freddy Fish. He's already on the wiki. Putt putt. Twilix, you want to make a putt putt move set with me? Not really. Oh. Mavis Beacon. Why does that sound familiar? She's a woman that teaches typing to elementary school students. What? Yeah. Huh. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, I, I remember. We sure love you, Mavis. Yeah, we remember you too. Remember me? Oh. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> it's your fault. <laughs> it's your fault what a, what a way to end this episode uh, thank you Twilix for coming on board to talk about one of our favorite characters from one of my favorite games and one yes. of your favorite games too I think um, good times thanks for taking part hey, yeah. Twilix, do you want to know what we're going to talk about next episode what it's going to be a smash episode and we're going to go on a bit of a spooky trip with it four characters who uh, well they're all uh, they're they're either undead or they're monsters of some form. All of them, every every character is, is that. Oh, it's gonna be. Uh, there might be a zombie. Be... There might be a a werewolf, a ghost, mm -hmm. a demon, a skeleton, a poorly made animatronic. Uh, you could have like a, maybe a living snowman. There maybe there's a vampire. Or, you know, just an, an eldritch abomination who ter is terrifying and would eat your soul if you look at them wrong. Damn, I'm going to be in this episode? Oh, I guess I'm in every episode. I You're in every episode, sir. Almost every episode. Except for that one I backed out of. That's true. You, there's yeah. one episode that you were not in. Your perfect <laughs> attendance record was shot. Must have had a nice time with that one. It was more sane. That's saying something considering Way Off Trail was there. Yes. <laughs> Anywho, uh, I think that's about all we have here to cover today. So unless you two have anything else you want to discuss, I think we can uh, end this episode. I think yeah. so. That was a good one. Thanks again. Bye. Adios. Mazurda. <laughs>